Hello and welcome to Two Broads and a Bottle of Wine. I'm Kelly. And I'm Leslie. Today we have a special guest, Charlotte Wassel. Hey, Charlotte. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Kelly. How's Hello. it going? I'm good, thanks. How are you today? Good. Staying safe in the UK? Just about, just about. So Charlotte's here with us today. She is a dance biomechanics coach uh, in Brighton, UK. She's been dancing about 15 years, mainly involved in the Fat Chance style and transcultural fusion, fusion belly dance communities. Uh, Charlotte and I got to meet each other in person at Momentum Fest in Montreal, which is a fantastic festival. So when we get back to the festival circuit, make sure to check it out. Quick little plug. Um, but we're excited here today to have some discussions on kind of feedback on the podcast. So the premise of our second season is to get reactions from other dancers in the community, other folks who've listened to season one. And so Charlotte volunteered herself. So we're going to find out how, uh, what's kind of going through her mind. So, hey, Charlotte, what struck your fancy? Hi. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I've been really enjoying listening to it over the past few weeks. So many interesting topics on there. So many really current topics. Uh, definitely been having lots of discussions with people in my local community about so many of these things at the moment. And when you put out your shout to say, oh, who wants to come and have a chat about them? I jumped at the opportunity really, because certainly some of the things that you've been talking about have really helped me or they've been sim along similar lines to how I've been thinking. So it's um, good to be able to come and talk to some more like-minded people about it, I think. I've um, been trying to have conversations with as many people as I can and yeah this is just another opportunity to do that so thank you for having me on thank you so much for being here and uh, joining in on this discussion because it's very much needed right now my pleasure and thank you for hosting the discussions yeah it's um yeah really important so uh you're Certifications, was that your very first episode? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we started off, we tried to start off easy, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I'm, I'm starting off. I feel that's a nice, safe one for me. And the reason why I enjoyed it so much was because I'm a bit of a certification junkie. I've done a lot and I love them. And having come to dance, if you compare, I guess, to other dance styles where you maybe dance, start dancing when you're five years old or something. I started dancing when I was 28 and had a full time job in an office at the time for, uh, you know, for most of the first part of my dance career, I guess. And so certifications and training intensives and going to dance festivals and stuff for me, that was like going to dance school and I still see it that way and that's why i love it so much i'm a total nerd i love learning um if you see me particularly when when you're learning a specific style you'll definitely see me in the classroom with my notebook i'm always taking down notes and coming home and typing them up and i've got really geeky spreadsheets and certainly um with uh, some styles it's been really interesting to me to take classes with different teachers in the same style and to find out different ways that they've explained things and then as I became a teacher as well that really helped me to um, improve my teaching to have different different ways of explaining the same thing so I've really yeah enjoyed 
all of the study that I've been doing over the past 15 years. I've been really lucky. My teacher, Hilda Knut, I don't know if you know of I her. Met Hilda. Yeah, I met Hilda in, what was that? The thing in Vegas. Tribal Massive one time she was mm-hmm. there. I got to meet her. Yeah, she's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. She was my teacher for 10 years and she was always out and about and she's another certification junkie I think as well she was always out and about but she would bring a lot of people back to Brighton so we had some great events here over the years and some amazing teachers come here but um, I've done a lot of training on the fat chance side of things as well and I've been through eight elements with Rachel and then I've done bits and pieces with lots of other people as well I did first part of dance craft I've done Jill Parker's alchemy I did um oh I'm trying to remember you know I'm just a bit of a geek for all of this kind of stuff anyway um and yeah I think one of the things that I'm challenged with at the moment is where to go with and we're probably going to get more into cultural appropriation discussions and 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 cultural appreciation, all of that stuff, maybe a bit later on, I don't want to go there too soon. But for me, I've spent nearly 15 years studying dances inspired by Menat cultures, mainly through an American lens. Also, I'm I'm going to correct myself, a USA lens. Um, And that's that's because I love the stylization, but I'm feeling very lacking. And what's the word? I'm a bit disappointed. Well, a lot disappointed in myself actually for not having taken as much chance as opportunities I should have done to study with more native teachers and travel more to regions that our dances are rooted in. And I was already coming to this realization, I think, before it really kicked off this year. Or oh, sorry, I keep saying this year relating to kind of COVID times and we're well into 21 now, but it's all is one big year. Thing. Yeah, totally. I get it. I totally I, hear I you. knew what she meant. <laughs> yeah. And so I I was I was starting to think to myself, like, I'm a belly dancer and I've never been to Egypt. Like, what? And I remember messaging some people and Hilda was one of them. And and I was like, I think I need to rectify that. And that was kind of just at the beginning of COVID. And, you know, then we're starting to have all of these discussions more and more. And I'm just like, wow, I've really, yeah, I really need to do some work on this for sure, for sure. And definitely um, one of the things I've been kind of learning about, and and it varies so much, I think with, because I've done, a lot with fat chance style and with the tourist style, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of different styles mixed into that. And with that, trying to then delve down into the roots of that to find out what is real and where I need to study more and how much in depth can I go with it or should I go with it? And then does that mean I need to take everything else out? these are lots of thoughts that are ticking through my brain at the moment and there's definitely no right answers to it and I definitely can't study everything um yeah and then how do you stop this spiral too right because you start okay I'm going to go down this path oh shoot mm -hmm. now I need this yeah there's only so much you can 
do. So what does that mean? Yeah, it's a good question. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's something that yeah I've been exploring a little bit. So I've been starting to take a few more classes in some Rakshaki and been taking some classes with uh, Lay Raisa Lay Kif Kif Bloody based in Paris. They are North African group. I'm sure you might have seen Raisa Lay and her. Berber walk video in her Zakrit. I'm trying to pronounce it better. Zakrit video, amongst others. If you haven't, then I would really recommend checking those out because they are very educational. And I really appreciate the way that Lay puts across the information. Like she's funny and really like it really hits home to you some of the errors that we might have been making. And some of the stuff that we've been doing but she's i feel like she's making her getting her points across but she's also compassionate with it as well so yeah and something that that she's mentioned to when i've been taking classes with her is this idea of uh folk dance and the north africa a lot of the north african dances they're not dances for stage you know and there's no dance schools the whole idea of someone being a dance teacher is just alien to a lot of these communities like you just don't have dance teachers because dancing is just something they do exactly it's the house dance right it's like and even even rock sharky or belly dances like that right if you go into egypt they dance mm -hmm. that way i mean i got into it because of a young girl dancing i saw in turkey you know it's just what they do so yeah, and when I was learning folk dance, when I was going to the community center with my uh, Romani folk dance teacher, everyone there was a teacher. And it would be like, okay, who's got a dance to share tonight? And it'd be like, okay, well, you know, Mary is going to show us Kandinsky Chocek. And so everybody would just fall in line and follow behind Mary and try to you know there was everyone was a teacher and everybody was a participant and I think we lose that when it gets shoved into the studio shoved into the cookie cutter way of being not that not that learning that way is wrong it's it's another way of learning but yeah taking it back to the root of it yeah totally um it's one of the things that I'm starting to learn is going to inform hopefully the next 15 years of my dance practice is is doing some of those journeys. I've been talking to Hilda a lot, like although she's not in Brighton anymore, she lives in Rwanda now. And she's one of the things that she's very passionate about is actually being in like going to the place and experiencing the culture and eating the food and seeing the dance in its natural habitat, not in a dance studio in Brighton or London or Toronto or, you know, it's a right. uh, white polish on it. Right. It's like authentic. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Just to, just to kind of get that feeling, I guess. And to be able to do that is a massive privilege anyway. Totally. Um, but yeah, I think as soon as we get out of this little limbo land we're in at the moment, there's 
definitely some changes I'm going to be making in that respect. Are you still teaching Charlotte at all? Are you teaching online or anything like that? Like dance actually, like I'll say belly dance. Are you still teaching online or yeah. in the studio? Yep. I am still teaching online. I went, yeah, went, went online when we obviously had two back right. last March. And it's interesting when we, when it all first kicked off, I remember feeling real anxiety about mm-hmm. it and thinking, oh, now we're, we're online, like everyone's got access to all of the teachers. Why do people want to come to my class anymore? That kind of scarcity mindset a little ah, bit. It was, yeah. there was, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was, I was really nervous about that. And actually I haven't noticed an increase in students particularly i've had a few new people drop in here and there uh, but my regulars are just coming to me you know yeah. the dancers who who've been coming to class with me in brighton for a long long time now most of the the dancers that come to my classes have been with me for a long time and they were also grateful just to have that opportunity for that same regular routine has it changed how you're teaching though i'm just asking like has it changed how you're teaching because i have not been teaching belly dance since I've mm. been kind of driving down this. I was just curious if kind of your journey on this, it doesn't have to be like this deep answer. I was more just curious if it had, how you're it, feeling. That's a that. really good question. And I have been questioning it a lot, a lot, a lot. I nearly didn't come back to it after Christmas. That's okay. Yeah. But you did. So I'm glad you did. It's just, I, yeah, I think that's the struggle, right? It's like, now I know this, I can't unknow it. How do I proceed, you know, and not yeah. proliferate it more, but I, yeah. But I think if you know, you're probably articulating it as well. That's why I was kind of curious if it's changed how you're communicating anything or, I mean, I know you've changed. I can see already, right? You How you your styles have changed, right? It's not, I'm a fat chance belly dancer. I'm a fat chance style, right? Which I think is cool. But I was curious if it had changed anything with, you know, how you're approaching your students or anything. Yeah, sure. I mean, to be honest, I haven't taught just Fat Chance style for a long, long time. And so my classes have been fusion for a long time. Nice. Um, I think one of the things that, but at the same point, I'm, Fat Chance style is so much fun. Yeah. And the group that I have that I work with, the the dancers that I work with most regularly in Brighton, I've got a few different collaborations, but my my group, we are primarily Fat Chance Style and that's what's in our bodies. And we're having weekly discussions at the moment about how we feel about everything to do from the movement to the costuming, to the verbiage, to what we're, how we're going to move forward with it. Yep. But I went off on a little tangent there. Let me bring it back. Yeah, how I'm presenting it in class. I think I'm lucky that most of the dancers who are with me have been with me for a while. So I feel like I'm processing a little bit with them, making sure I'm increasing the cultural context as much as I can without overwhelming them within an hour. That's the balance. I kind of feel like I'm like, I have to tell them about this and tell them about this and tell them about this. And some of them are just coming for their one hour a week exercise. And yeah, it's been a lot of questioning of what am I actually teaching them? 
I feel like whilst like I came to the I'm gonna call them USA fusion styles and by that kind of umbrella term I mean everything like fat chance style to the tourist style to all of the different things that used to come under tribal fusion I was drawn to them because of the aesthetic and also probably the electronic music because I've come from that background anyway so when that was incorporated in it but I've also been really interested in music from all over the world so when that is fused I've always really enjoyed that before I even discovered this style of dance and so that's why I've you know poured my heart and soul into this for 15 years and as I've over the over the years I've 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 really enjoyed Rakshaki and I've enjoyed other styles of dance but they've not been something that's been what I've been really into so now it's trying to find where like the root styles that really 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 interest me so that I can really focus on those and then create I'm not trying to create some time, type of new fusion, but just so that I feel like I can just dance a bit more authentically, I think is that, that is the goal. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like you're, like, there was a style of dance that was pre presented to you in a way that was relatable to you, and now you're saying, oh, wait, and going back to the root of it all, and then by processing all of that, you're trying to find ways that you can communicate that to your students so it is more authentic and genuine. Am I hearing that correctly? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think, and I'm only saying I think so because I'm thinking, is that what I'm trying to do? Not because I'm, you know, you, you definitely uh, said what I said correctly. I think it also creates a lot of questions for me with teaching as well, though, because as I'm trying to discover that what what am I authentically giving to my students now and I yeah I've stopped teaching beginner classes because I don't want to confuse anyone mm -hmm. I think because I'm in a confused place right now like I said my students have been with me a long time and I feel like I'm giving them a, a a good a good education in different things and they keep coming to my classes so I'm doing something that they enjoy which is what's keeping me going at the moment but well and that's a yeah. really good jump point for you to be like hey everybody you've been with me a really long time I'm kind of going through a thing right now where I'm processing a lot of stuff we're just all going to process this together. <laughs> and it kind of goes back to the, we need to be having these conversations with other people. So I think that, I think that's really cool. I think that's really great. Cool. So with all of that being said, Charlotte, I know you had, when you sent us the bullet points, you had put consumerism because that was one of our uh, episodes. So what struck you about the consumerism episode? Yeah, it's another thing I've been thinking a lot about in the past couple of years. And I I used to love to, to, to shop. And when I 
got into dance I was just like whoa look at all of these pretty things oh my goodness the one year I came over to the states for tribal fest I spent a bomb like and we were we, we we took a bit of time and we were in San Francisco first and then we went to tribal fest and back to San Francisco so it was yeah and having access to all of those vendors that I'd only seen on online previously and it was this was this was in 2012 so there's a lot more in Europe now a lot more people are making uh stuff costume and and whatnot but at the time back then it was it was still like we were really looking to the US for the the costume pieces and all of that all of that stuff so so yeah it was it was great it was a really fun experience and I got some really pretty things which I still have many of them now and they still get a lot of use which is is great um and then I quit my job a couple of years ago and I went full-time in the fitness industry so I've had to obviously change my spending habits and at the same time as that it's kind of come at a similar time as to where I've been thinking along the lines of like do I need all of this stuff I've had I've always been a bit of a hoarder I've always had a lot of stuff and if you were to like I feel like I've had a clear out recently and my partner would probably come in here and he's like I don't see any difference (laughs) But um, but yeah, I feel like I've definitely changed how I feel about needing to have this and have that. And and I think in the podcast you were talking about this idea of needing to have this item from this vendor or this item from that vendor. I definitely felt that. Certainly at the beginning, I was obsessed with melodias. I was like, I need to have more of the melodias. I don't know why I needed all of the melodias, you know. But there was there was back in the days of tribe.net there was that group it was like literally oh for God. tribe.net was the bomb yes <laughs> yeah, it yes. was <laughs> i miss tribe.net so much <laughs> i know it was so cool but there was that group of 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 melodias and 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 yeah i got a bit obsessional for a while not just with those but it's easy to get into this little spiral of needing stuff which I don't feel anymore but it's a yeah I feel like it could still be out there for sure definitely and but for me as well uh part of not wanting so much stuff is environmental and I'm just the whole idea of plastics and single-use plastics but also the plastics that we have in our clothes Mm -hmm. and I'm just making like I'm trying not to buy anything with polyester if I can and for a while I did make my own dance shirts and trying to search out some shirts that I wanted that were a good shape and fit well that were that didn't have polyester in them it's there's there's hardly anything out there it's it's getting better and better but it's it's really challenging but for me I didn't want to create something more that was going to end up in landfill for for thousands of years. And so I'm definitely thinking about that, that idea of, you know, you've got to have merch, this kind of thing. I'm just like, I don't want to create more things that don't need to be there. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. It's that mentality of, 
it's that mentality of like less is more but there's also too this whole thing and I don't know what it is about it but it's like now that you're in this you got to make some money so you make money by making things or having merch or or whatever Mm. and so it's kind of like do we really need to do that though so yeah I I get that yeah for sure and I definitely think I was in that pocket for a while certainly when I was transitioning from like knowing that I was going to transition out of an office job and then transition the reason I've gone into the fitness movement side of things is because obviously I'm not going to make a living out of dance but I've been teaching dance for a long time and I I'm incorporating the dance side of things into my fitness I'm working with dancers so there was definitely that mentality of like, okay, cool. So maybe I need to get t-shirts and take them around when I teach at a workshop and yeah, all of that kind of stuff, which now I'm just like, okay, cool. Don't need to do that. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, exactly. (laughs) When it comes back to Kelly and I did a class recently, remember in January, we took a class and the, the key thing was if you just go in with the right intention, like I think once the intention becomes about the money, and taking this with me and taking that suddenly you get into the spiral and I've been rethinking that myself of if I just keep the intention being what it really was originally just moving getting other people to move and enjoying each other and having a good time it seems to do better like I don't know if you've had that experience like since you've kind of stepped back from doing kind of worrying about the dollar I'm sure I mean we all worry about putting food in our mouths and stuff like that but just kind of Mm -hmm. you know your intention kind of changing, especially with COVID going on, right? I mean, mm-hmm. timing wise got to be tough, but have you found like changing a focus, I guess, kind of how have you stayed kind of positive and kind of kept yourself moving through while you're processing kind of this side of it? Is there any tips or thoughts? Sorry. That's mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I guess, I guess I'm just feeling more positive about what I'm doing. It feels I hate to use the word authentic too much. It no, sounds, but I know what you mean by that. It's a bit of a buzzword. Yeah, but, but I think it's a buzzword because we're all trying to get that, right? So mm. I think it's okay because we're all striving for that. Before, I, I'm not sure if it felt, talking myself, I don't know if it felt authentic. Mm. It felt like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. Now I'm like, yeah. hey, screw that. I'm going to be authentic and do whatever. Well, it's it's that system thing. You know, like you enter the system of belly dance or whatever. And I kind of hate putting it that way. I know it sounds very Orwellian, but I think it really goes back to the um, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And then Mm. the whole issue with scarcity. And I mean, it sounds like what you're saying, like you're just trying to do what feels good to you. And that's why it feels better. It's not like a well, I'm doing this because this is just what you're supposed to do. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think the idea of, yeah, scarcity mindset, again, that's definitely something that I had way back, back in the beginning. I was thinking about particularly I guess, well, like I mentioned, even at the beginning, like, I feel like I thought I'd moved beyond that. And then COVID happened and then I was like, oh my goodness, everyone's online now. All my students are going to go to everyone else, you know, that was 
its head back up so fast, right? You're like, I'm mm -hmm. over it. Oh, there it is, you know, yeah. lurking underneath. <laughs> totally. But I think one of the things that I love more than anything else actually is collaboration and just learning about how there is enough for everybody. There really is enough for everybody. And being able to collaborate with people and then also share other people and share other pe what other people are doing, even if it's very similar to what you're doing, you know, taking the time to do that is, is so important because, you know, we, we're just lifting each other up. That's, that's, that's all it is. And I think you were talking in one of the episodes, yeah, the consumerism episode about women being shitty to other women and how we just, we just can't do that. We've just got to lift each other up because no one else is going to do it for us. You know, we've got to help each other out and do what we can to make it better for all of us. 100%. Yeah, that, that was the patriarchy's biggest win is when they convinced us to fight amongst ourselves. <laughs> mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. I've been reading a book, a series of books called Boudicca. Oh, which, oh. Mm -hmm, I'm just about, I'm just about to finish yes. it. I've, <laughs> I've got it. I've got it like saved for tomorrow morning. I'm going to finish this like epic four book series and it's back in the times pre-roman times in britain that'd be awesome it's really cool and boudicca if you don't know uh is a female warrior and at the time there was no there wasn't this um patriarchy women were warriors men were warriors yep um and uh and then the the story is also told a little bit from the roman side as well and in the roman side the women are definitely not warriors um so yeah <laughs> so it's interesting to um um yeah think think about that yeah and that's awesome yeah it's it's really cool highly recommend it that's awesome yeah i know a little bit about her story she's one of those figures where i'm just like yeah i like you mm. <laughs> yeah yeah totally from just i haven't researched actually back into the history of it too much i've just been reading the books which are total mm -hmm. fictionalizations she's right. written in the little bit of blurb at the end she's written that there's a lot that can be traced back on the roman side of things and there's a lot of historians that have done a lot of work but there's because prior to that time there was it was all oral history right mm -hmm. Right. They they can't really say anything for fact about what right. was what. And so yeah. she's talked to so many different historians and stuff and then just created a fantasy around whatever research she's been able to do. Um, so well, we don't know. It's also hard to tell history from um, the people who were defeated, right? Like history is always told by the victors. So mm. they've likely been told by the Romans, but I know that they didn't do so great in the UK, but still... You know, it's like sometimes there's a perspective. It's been so that's what's awesome, though. I can't wait to yeah. dig it up. That'll be fun. Do mm -hmm. do. It's really good. Yeah. So in talking about Boudicca, one of the things that I keep thinking about with with the dance community and really just everything as a whole is that the hierarchy is being torn down and it's going from a bottom top top bottom to a side to side. 
like mm. like we're we're bringing each other up but really i look at it as like we're standing in a circle with each other and having like this side to side network i'm a visual learner person so that's how that's how I see it. So when you were talking about all of that, that's what I was saying. I was like, oh, yeah, tearing down the mountain. <laughs> and then just having everything side by side. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's that's really beautiful visualization, thinking about it as a big, a big circle. I definitely feel there's been a lot of putting other people forward, whether it's black dancers, whether it's source dancers. There's been... A real effort to do that recently which is fantastic definitely something I've been thinking a lot a lot about mm -hmm. I've as I've said before as I said before I haven't done enough studying with source dancers and traveling to source um, countries that, that these dancers originated from and equally to that I've been complicit in events that I've hosted have not been very well represented either and yeah I think that's definitely something I'm going to rectify I've kind of I have no plans to do an event for a while I just don't feel that I'm that I know what event I would want to do just yet we've had little events here since Hilda left and, and we haven't had any big festivals in, in Brighton since, since she went, she, she was so good at doing those. I haven't quite felt like taking on that mantle, but we've had a few little shows, which have been really nice. And we had one scheduled for last May. We have a arts festival in Brighton every May, which is fantastic. And we were going to be a part of that again. And then obviously with COVID we had to cancel and then all of these uh, discussions started coming up uh, cultural appropriation I was thinking about it more and more and more and having discussions with my dance partners and equally to feeling unsure about teaching I definitely felt hang on a sec a the shows that I've put on the events that I've put on have not been representative and I'm not quite sure yet I know that if, when, who knows, I do that in future, I will certainly make some changes to that, but I'm not quite sure what that's gonna look like yet. And I think I need to get to the bottom of that in myself a little bit more before before I feel confident that I'm gonna put on an event that I would feel proud to put on, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's totally okay to take that time I mean one of the things and those two episodes that you're referring to you know one of the things we talked about was radical self-care <laughs> so I'm curious you know it sounds to me like you've been sitting back sitting with the discomfort feeling all the feelings and all of that like how how are you taking care of yourself because you know we can't take care of anybody else until we take care of ourselves oh yeah I really love that visualization your airplane oxygen mask visualization so obviously you get on the airplane and they say you have to put on your oxygen mask before you uh, help your kids out and so that you don't die when you're trying to help your kids out and yeah I think that's that's, a, that's such a great way of thinking about it I am a warrior and I'm an overthinker and 
feel like I need to be doing more all the time and I don't even have children so there's yeah there's a lot of scope for getting my and there's there's so much of this stuff does take you around in circles because there's no right answers to any of it and there's so much more to learn always so how have I been I think mainly just trying to turn off social media every now and again is super important there's some groups on social media which have been really informative and helpful and i've been learning a lot by just watching some of the discussions that have been going on in there and learning from those but sometimes i have to just not go into those groups for a week or two at a time and just take a step back and just allow that information to process a little bit because i think it's just too much to have it all the time and that is a massive privilege to be yeah to be able to take that step back from it because i'm not a person that has been oppressed or had any disadvantage in in life to be quite honest and so to be able to take that step back is a massive privilege and i do recognize that and constantly reminding myself of that as well i think is really important uh I, but i have a friend who's for example is um got two kids and we we've been chatting about this a little bit and and she was saying like she feels like she needs to do some more and do some more reading or do some more studying but she just hasn't had the time and it's it's crazy i mean even without covid having two kids under the age of 5 is i can't even begin to imagine what that must be like to then try and take on some of this work so you know she and with covid obviously it's heightened everything it's it's given her a lot more work looking after the children and other stuff so yeah it's you you've just got to take it at your own pace i really appreciated that part of the episode when you were talking about having to you know if you need to take a step back then you've got to take a step back you've got to take everything at your own pace and you've got to allow time for it to settle in you've got to allow time to recharge basically yeah yeah i, I think it's all about balance and you know, just hearing you talk about your friend and hearing you talk about your privilege and you know this was like the visualization i was getting was that you know you're out there you're learning all of this information and you're like okay i got to take a step back because i need to process that's a huge privilege that i have but by the same token, because you have that information, then you can share that with your friend who doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have all of the time in the world to learn about those things. Do you know what I mean? It just goes yeah. back to the we have those opportunities to have the conversations amongst ourselves because, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, Leslie and I were really trying to push was like, we white people need to be talking to other white people. <laughs> like, yeah. I think too, we have to think of ourselves as a community. Like you can't, I don't want to say where I'm going to go with this. So self radical care for yourself means you can, the community can help support you while you're taking care of yourself. Cause then you'll come back out and then someone else can take mm -hmm. a break. Like that's, I think part of the dominant culture, white privilege, whatever you want to say, or the, the culture we've all been brought up in is you're an individual, keep going, keep going, keep going. When really we could work together, mm. right? Stronger, take a break, 
communicate to each other, do whatever. And if you work together, like, so your friend having to work on her kids, that's okay because you're there helping fill a void and somebody else's. And I think we need to start thinking as a collective, right. Versus what do I have to do to make the change? Yeah. Right. There's people already out there doing it. Let's go support mm-hmm. them. Stop trying to be an individual fixer, try to be a community fixer. Yeah. So it's, that's kind of where I've been kind of circling around the past couple of weeks actually is back to that kind of thought is it's not just me. It's I've got to bring others. Mm-hmm. With me, so. Well, and that's the other thing about allyship too, is that, you know, it allows people to be like, I got to go take a break. But they're like, I got this, you know, tag me in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I have experienced that pretty recently. Actually, we had, like I said, I've been talking with my um my dance group and we've been having these weekly conversations and recently we've been uh connecting with another group based in nottingham which is in the midlands in the uk and they've also been having similar thoughts to us and i would say not everyone's on the same page with these discussions at the moment and it's you know just trying to find um I think with the group in Nottingham, we've definitely found a like-minded group and it's been actually really nice to have the conversations with them that are very similar. But then I've also reached out to some other people as well. And it's been interesting to have some chats to people who are feeling differently to how I've been feeling. And I've had some really nice conversations with people. Like I'm not a confrontational person at all. I really struggle with anything that could be potentially confrontational so I'm not trying to call anyone out I think everyone's just where they're at and it's great to hear different perspectives on it and just great to hear different yeah different people in different places and having different viewpoints on things for sure and for sure they have different everybody's going to be in a different place because we all haven't lived the same life right like so it's one of those situations where I've been calling it lately sitting in the storm you know, it's just sitting there and kind of taking it all in without getting damaged from it and being able to resiliently come back at the talk through what I am and taking in the information and processing it and just respecting their, you know, I have bias, they have bias, everybody's got bias because this is who we are. We're humans in a meat suit. So it's getting used to having conversations again that may not be comfortable and actually having to be conversations versus arguments too, right? It's it's okay if you don't feel mm. the same, but okay, that's your perspective mm. of it. And then maybe it'll feed something in your mind or you fed something in their mind. And it's it's cool. It's it's tough, but it's a good place. It's, I don't know, it's the challenge now of getting everybody back together. Yeah, to talk and that, yeah we've got to give, we've got to give space and grace <laughs> and allow it for ourselves as well. Mm. Also need to move forward to move back too, right? Like it's like I've been working through moving forward to talk about it with folks, and then moving back to let other folks talk about it. That also comes comes to community yep. too, right? Is letting the other voices that have different perspectives, particularly the, you know, again, we're all three of us are white mm-hmm. people, right? So trying to step back to let the other voices, the the people of color, the BIPOC come forward and speak and I'll be there to support. And then when they, to what you kind of said, Kelly, right? Kind of moving back and forth, but really there to support those ideas too. Yeah. Oh, completely. So, yeah. And I think we're coming 
at it from different places and there's so many different ways to come at the situation and um people from europe having a different viewpoint on things and coming from different many different cultural contexts themselves than the usa cultural context and then also the south american latin american cultural context and maybe the asian cultural context and i listened to a great interview with kareem nagi um just from i think it was last weekend with noara so noara is an amazing force to be reckoned with she's a moroccan dancer but she's based in the uk in the north of england and she's been doing these fantastic chats with different dancers in the scene and the most recent one was kareem nagi i also really recommend the one with leila haddad which was fantastic but going back to kareem nagi he they were talking about what do we call this dance and he was like what do you mean by this dance you know we've put it under this umbrella term of belly dance but actually it's lots of different dance dances from different countries and he was saying how the idea of decolonizing belly dance is ridiculous because belly dance is a colonialist term and the discussion was well what do we call it what do, what do we call it i guess it's maybe trying to get to a place where we can recognize that they are all individual dance styles and we're going to continue to have festivals that bring them all together but maybe and yeah i mean is there is it possible to have an umbrella term for all of these dance styles that collect them together or not anymore i don't know and i think for me it's the same with fusion it's like this this term that we're using a lot transcultural fusion now Previously, we'd talk about tribal fusion and tribal fusion would have been, you'd think, Rachel Bryce, Zoe Jakes, Mardi Love, you know, that that was tribal fusion and that was different from your improv style. So Fat Chance style, Global Caravan, ITS, you know, or maybe the ITS maybe spanned both. But, you know, you would think of those as, as, as separate things, but tribal fusion was it's a dance style. Whereas now we're talking about transcultural fusion and yeah, it was, what is that? Is that still yeah. a dance style or, and this is what really something that I'm thinking again, a lot about, and it kind of spirals back. I noticed one of the links that you posted in your show notes, I can't remember which for which one was to a panel discussion from, I think it was Emerge Festival. Emerge. Uh, yeah. The, yeah and had Michelle Sorensen was on there, Serena Spears, Kelly Lee, um, Grayson, Carolina Lux. When they introduced themselves, they all introduced themselves as being a fusion dancer and they were very specific as to which styles of dance they were fusing. And maybe some of them were had more than others or maybe they were a little bit more like, oh, I'm kind of doing this and a bit of this, but they were really specific about that. And I personally don't yet have that in my wheelhouse, you know, because I've spent 15 years just studying these, the, the, the USA fusion styles that come from 
Egyptian styles, from North African styles, from flamenco, from classical Indian, from hip hop dances, from funk styles. Do you know what I mean? There's, you know, and we're circling back around and around and around. So do with, with transcultural fusion, is that the way forward? Are we going to have a specific dance style or are we going to be better at studying more of the source dance style so, so we can be more intentional with what we're fusing but then where does that leave the future of studying transcultural fusion what used to be tribal fusion do you see what i mean it kind of goes in this studying and teaching you know yeah reading my mind this is where i spiral every day yeah well not every day but yeah it's kind of what mm. i go through right it's like what is this now like this was i've spent so much time in this space what mm. am i you know what i mean like so i totally get it i'm with you yeah. charlotte yeah, yeah I, totally. I get that too and this is like a complete aside but um i'm in the astrology community as well and it's interesting because they're having those same discussions because they've there's been a resurgence of like traditional astrology and like what does that mean and how how does that mix with modern astrology and then there's evolutionary astrology like how like do you just pick one can you combine them um you know that sort of thing but it's all astrology right but there's different mm. techniques for this type of thing so yeah i so yeah i know that's kind of an adjacent topic but like it's it's mm. interesting how different communities are kind of going through the same thing i mean leslie you probably see the same thing with the yoga spaces that you've been in maybe maybe because yoga tends to be just from south asia right like it's not like they don't have yoga from coming from. Oh Rome. yeah, true. You know what I'm saying like yoga is specifically from from an area, yeah. right? But I mean, they are talking about um, is it Kemetic, which is an African potentially us. I, I shouldn't say potentially is a style of like very similar to yoga that came from Africa. Like so, yeah, it's not happening too much in the yoga space because of the fact it's from ah uh, okay uh, region. So yeah, but I mean it's more of the appropriation of that not it's well yeah i was thinking like are, do you call yourself a, so, a yoga teacher a facilitator movement mindful movement like what so, i was just gonna say though like yeah so there are like god i don't want to get how do i want to get into this not steal away they so yoga for sure has like principles of it but then there are classes i will do that are and charlotte maybe you do the same thing is like these are more movement based because there's more I'm putting more science into it or different fields of other styles of study, maybe like a little Pilates, maybe. So like for myself, I teach a pure yoga class. I shouldn't say pure, but I teach something with more yogic philosophy and principles. And then I've got one that's a little more blending mm. of things. Do you know what I mean by that? That's kind of how I'm trying mm. to relate to it because I think yoga is specifically one thing. And then there's this other piece out there because movement science has movement too like biomechanics like that's kind of part of in that mm. too right is yoga will have biomechanics but anyways we digressed but ugh. yeah it's such a thing because 
I mean, we see that in like the Reiki community too. Like, we're, you know, I'm not calling it Reiki anymore. I'm calling it energy healing. Okay. And finding different types of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think if you were doing like, let's go back to Hilda for a second, mm. right? She's in Rwanda doing Rwandan dance. Like she's living mm -hmm. with the people doing their dance, right? So that I think is truly what she's doing. I think when what happened with belly dance to the point you're saying that cream said, right? Is like, it's a lot of different cultures <clears throat> put under one big umbrella. <clears throat> and is there other things that we've done that with, right? Like, is this, sorry, I coughed on camera. Um, but like maybe astrology, Kelly has like different aspects of it. So it's, it's this. That's fascinating that it comes in under astrology as well. I would never have thought that yeah oh yeah and like the spiritual community is you know having what we what we call down south is a come to jesus meeting about a lot of things too because there's been a lot of appropriative practices there you know so yeah because i think to your point right Reiki has been kind of everything's been clumped under Reiki, even though really it's a particular style of well it's a particular family yeah. of energy work right well there yeah. might be other and then there's the whole western yeah. reiki thing because that's what predominantly was done in the united states hmm <sighs> what does this also sound like sounds like you know the issue that's going on with belly dance as well so and one of the things that people have been doing to you know remediate it is um you know so like if you're a white reiki practitioner well what is your lineage what is your family well, I'm Celt. Okay, so what do the Celts, you know, what did the Celts believe? So I had to go and I had to go and research that. I, I think, you know, so we're trying to come to this place of like, what does it all mean? And it's very messy and very sticky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I really liked your suggestion. Maybe it was you, Leslie, you were talking about a yoga teacher. The idea of being hmm. creative when you think you're going to yes. Yes. be appropriative, yeah. which has definitely given me some food for thought. How can I be creative around this stuff? I feel like yeah, and that comes from in Susanna Barkatak, yeah, I give up shout out to the person who's that's her theory. She's actually a mm -hmm. South Asian yoga teacher. So yeah, totally. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's out, but... that's totally fine, definitely. Shout out to them. I think yeah, for example, with, with costuming, definitely the discussions I'm having with my group along the lines of how are we going to adjust our costuming maybe to make it a little less of everything, if, if you know what I mean, <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah, so where does that go? Have you, I'm just like, what is it kind of taking you to? Is there anything you can share? Like, because I'm going through mm. that to myself. So is that like your, are you, yeah, if you don't mind peeling No, I'm back. happy to yeah. share it. I feel like I'm kind of getting to a comfortable-ish place with it now. I don't know, like I say ish in, with capital letters. <laughs> um, but mainly because we definitely feel like we need to start moving forwards with it a little bit and start you know, testing the waters a little bit with what we're doing and and do we feel comfortable with this? Okay, cool, we can give it a go. I think for me, 
I mean, I love all of the pretty stuff. And I that's one of the things I loved about the Fat Chance style aesthetic and with the old school, I'll say in inverted commas, tribal fusion aesthetic was the mishmash. And I feel that my personal style has been a mishmash since long before I discovered dance. So I found that one a bit challenging to unpeel, but I think there's certain, I mean, if it, okay, if I look at it from a fat child's perspective and you know, there's like this certain prescriptive costuming elements that you're supposed to wear, I feel like peeling a lot of that back, making it a lot simpler. Um, and whereas maybe jewelry, when there's pieces that maybe as a group getting a little bit more of a cohesive, um, like if we're going to use any jewelry pieces that are specific to a region or a culture, being very intentional about those and understanding what they are rather than just like, oh, I'm going to wear this one because it's pretty and I'm going to wear this one because it's pretty and mixing them all together. And something like the coochie, for example, I mean, none of the dancing that we do is related to Afghanistan, apart from when you look at the the uh, the Romani Trail, that's kind of where that connection has been brought in. But we we use a lot of coochie jewellery and I think it's like, okay, cool. Well, if we're going to use that, then maybe one piece as saying we've got this beautiful piece of jewellery and we're going to use it and in, in a cohesive way might be okay but not kind of mixed in with everything else like i'm that's kind of where i'm feeling with it at the moment and then from a more fusion side of things i feel like my over the past five years or so my costuming has been changing a little bit and getting a little bit more minimal anyway and i'm i've been a lot more intentional about what i'm wearing and what I'm dancing to and how that all ties in rather than again just throwing things together or wearing what the latest costume is as I probably did back in my early days um we all did <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally totally um but there's a lot of I've got a lot of stuff and I'm looking at it going what what am I going to do with 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 it all like I want to and some beautiful things that I hope that maybe I might be able to use again, maybe in a different context, maybe not, or maybe I won't. I'm not sure. At the moment, I'm relieved in a way. I mean, yeah. maybe COVID and us all having to take a break from things has been a catalyst for this, but I'm relieved that it's come at this time where we haven't had to think, or personally, I haven't had to think, what's my next performance? Where am I teaching next? I have to prepare this piece. I have to do this. You know, there's that stopped. So it's given that space to think about this. And I've done a few performances, some online performances over the, the time, but I've been a little bit like, okay, am I really sure about putting this out? Yes, okay. And it's, yeah, again, about that fumbling forwards to quote Donna Mahir, just trying to like take baby steps with it a little bit, I think. Yeah, I know a couple of pieces I've got have actually turned into like there were like Indian panels that I got a long time mm -hmm. ago, you know, when we first started dancing in I think 2006. And they've become decorations on my wall, like as an appreciation mm. of the textile, right? So I'm like kind of looking, I'm doing the same thing, like 
oh, I don't know if I want to wear this, but is there a way I could appreciate, Yeah, you know, it without trying mm-hmm. to look like I'm, I'm going to use the word bohemian or hippie or cool mm-hmm. because I have, you know, an aesthetic. I'm trying to appreciate it for its beauty. Do you know what I mean by that too? Because I'm trying to walk that line too of not just covering my house with, oh, I've got yeah. heads and I've got these cool textiles because look how cool I am. It's mm-hmm. more like this actually means something to me. So that's kind of yeah. where I've been been Marie condoing myself is like it brings me joy but I also mm. appreciate it versus I'm just trying to appropriate it is that me yeah totally I feel the same way and I'm thinking maybe in the future when we're allowed out of the house and yeah. I can actually put like real clothes on again yeah um yeah. things like jewelry stuff like that I might you know just be wearing stuff on a day-to-day basis again not a mishmash being a little bit more intentional about stuff but still like this beautiful it's a beautiful piece of art you know i don't want it to be getting dusty in my cupboard maybe i'm not going to wear it for the dance piece if it's not connected really to the dance anymore but maybe i can put this belt on over my jeans and i don't know Um, these are just ideas i'm thinking about totally with what you were saying Mm -hmm. it was making me think about um like people who buy who who buy and wear native jewelry like you know the question like is it okay for a white person to wear native jewelry and it's like yes if you purchased it from a native person you gave them money for their art you can wear it you know, that like that's that's kind of how I look at it yeah. too. Oh wait, I'm sorry, say that again, no, Leslie. That leads into a really good point, right? I think that's another way to think about what I'm buying now is I'm trying to buy from that the money goes direct to the source versus some of the coochie I may have may have come, you know, by way of Afghanistan through five other hands of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, who am I? Mm. Am I getting the money back to the people who actually? the culture it's from so that's kind of that's the other side I've been trying to do while I'm recondoing my space yeah you know me I'm not going to list toss it because it's already been done but when I go forward I'm starting to try and buy from so to your point Kelly like if I want an indigenous piece of jewelry I'm buying it from an indigenous artist not yep the Walmart or the Target or the mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. corner store that's kind of ripping off their culture so Yeah, totally. I agree with that. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the consumerism, just being really intentional about right. where you're getting your stuff from and right. yep. doing the research. Maybe might spend a little bit more money, but it will be something that would be so much more valuable in, in so many respects. Right. And it also goes to another point that you made in Again, this same episode, actually, I was, yeah, I was listening back to it this morning and Kelly, you were talking about your Romani dance journey and how you felt at the time you were doing everything right and being appreciative. And then all of a sudden you had that realization that you hadn't given anything back. And I feel like I've been absolutely in that same, that same um, place. I haven't given anything back to Egyptian cultures or to North African people or to um, black people for the hip hop and funk styles that I use in my dance, you know? And uh, yeah, it's definitely something I've taken steps to rectify and I'm 
just thinking about how to continue to to do that and make that um a part of what I do in my practice like an integral part of the practice that I'm doing to yeah pay it forward give it back is there anything that you're doing to give back like um I know like one of the things that Leslie does is like she gives to First Nations in Canada I I mm -hmm. randomly find causes and um give money to them my most recent one is MMIW which is uh missing and murdered indigenous women because we have a huge problem with that especially in South Dakota recently so I mean wow. are there any things that you give that you have thought about giving to or are giving to if not that's yeah okay. <laughs> I have been donating to a couple of different charities one of them uh is a local charity helping refugees mm. in Brighton um, getting them somewhere to live getting them homed and another one which is uh, helping LGBTQ plus community or people from Egypt. Um, Lovely. Brighton is called the gay capital of the UK. We've got a big um, community here. So I kind of felt that that was connecting. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't know a lot about the politics really with that side of things in Egypt but I kind of felt that that was a good way to to give back a little bit and by training with source dancers as much as I can that's really a big thing for me now trying to really search them out and find people to dance with or learn from that are from the cultures and plans to travel as soon as I can and I was thinking about again this is a, uh, something that that Lay Raisa Lay said is something that I think she's trying to do I know that when she's done her lectures she's given a lot of the proceeds of those on to Moroccan uh, charities people who need it and that she's connected to but I know she wants to try and take it further and uh, get work out some way to fund people so that they can help themselves are you setting up businesses and stuff like that which I think is rather than yeah just giving money to people it's you know helping in, empowering people to be able to um, improve their lives I guess and so if there's any way that I can find in the future to get involved with stuff like that invest in things like that I would really like to do that for sure and then what I would love to do is try and find some people locally to work with we've been talking about trying to find some musicians maybe from and bethan who's one of my dance partners was talking about some syrian musicians who are here um trying to make some connections with people from different areas and just seeing what will come out of it i mean maybe they won't want to work with us you know i, I don't want to be as arrogant as to assume yeah we're some dancers we want to dance with you lovely musicians you know they might not care who knows but just and i and i, I think the the difficulty is like knowing exactly what's going to come out of it it's like 
how do you approach someone and say well hey we're dancers and we kind of dance this style that's a bit based in your culture but like I'm yeah I'm not quite sure how I'm gonna approach it yet but um but yeah I would really like to do something along those lines for sure that's awesome looking just looking for ways to build community that's that's always yeah. a good thing yeah definitely <laughs> definitely Charlotte, again, thank you so much for being here and sharing your stories and sharing your perspectives. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed talking about it and stumbling over my words a lot. Hopefully it's a bit coherent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. Bye.